Welcome to the Ether. Today is Saturday, March 4th, 2023. Today on the Ether, a stealth AMA with L Prof. This is episode 10 on offers and proposals. Let's take a listen. Yo, 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 yo. Uh, I'm surprised to see how did you people manage to to get on here? I mean, it's 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 wonderful. It's nice and it's really great to have you people here today. Um, good evening and welcome to the Stilt uh, AMA with El Prof. This is episode 10 and we'll be continuing an extension of our workshop from yesterday where we talk about proposals. But now there's a twist, there's going to be a twist today and we will um, link it up with um, offers. Right, I just want us to have a general conversation. So we'll be able to tie down some of the things we learned. Yesterday we had a whole lot of network issues, I suppose. So we tie down some of the things we learned into something a bit more practical that um, anybody can uh, can can lean on to execute. We already dropped um, a couple of uh designs on the community help group i hope you guys check it out and let's see so i will hop right into this of course when we are done i will um i will I'll share the recording with the community so but i just want us to do something something very different because well this this is an exercise on research the ability to hunt for things right i don't know the methodology that um, our members would try Please, if you are here, if you can hear me, don't go and share this with anybody. It's fine. Don't you don't have to do that. Like I told you, people, I'm just having fun. My AMA with El Prof is not um a number exercise for me. It's just a growth exercise for my own person, for for my communication ability. My Hello, Hi. Hello. Can you hear me? Hello. Yes, I'm. I'm betting it's your own network. Let me get um this tech up so that um please just accept this invite to speak. So you can tell me if you can hear me, or better yet, you can react. And uh, if if you can hear me, please um, react so I don't just go on and on, and just a few persons here cannot hear me. So this tech, can you can you can you hear me? Right. Well, um, we'll we'll hop right into this. I've already dropped because, of course, I know that um, so many people might find it difficult. Yeah, so many people might find it difficult to. Yes, I can hear you. Wonderful, thank you. Yes, so many people might find it difficult to join here. So I already dropped uh, my lesson notes, and I will um, also share a particular article that I leaned on to 
to draft that because yeah I'm, I'm actually very very occupied this period so this is just impromptu and i just have to because i do not want to miss we we could not hold our last ama because it was the um, presidential election here in nigeria and uh, i mean it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to to do that so i don't want to miss this and this is my own personal consistency exercise and i want to believe that um all of you two of two of you here scribbins big shout out to you i am i'm, I'm amazed that you are here and uh i want you people to of course i'm sure um, scribblings already have um a particular um exercise her her storytelling exercise with um this other guy so i think that's something vstech it would be really nice if you can pick up something that you'll be doing um repeatedly it could be once a week it could be um every day it can be anything but just put yourself down there so that you'd be able to improve on your skills because you want to give offers right you want to be able to issue proposals and at the end of the day whether or not you are successful you if you are successful actually you want to be able to execute on it so now we are focusing so much on um outreaches communication how to to talk to people how to do dms how to um and write compelling and um, proposals now how to um, develop offers and, and again on still on proposals this these are all communicative stuff right if you successfully do it you will still need to dispense on a skill so it's just great to always keep yourself busy and um, perfecting whatever you've decided to to get in on right because all of this um extra information that we're sharing all this um um, um trainings lessons on proposals it serves no purpose if you cannot really do anything if you cannot do it well right you may have the best proposal in on it but if you cannot execute then maybe your proposal should your offer should be writing proposals i mean if you can get really really good at that because you can see um in the in the notes that i dropped on the group i i posted an idea there where you can reach out to brands and then creators that's to, to develop attractive business proposals for them because now of course um business is brand especially in web3 the collaboration uh and partnerships is a really really huge thing right of course there are different ways um, and projects um hit up with each other and, and collaborate right but one of the most official ways um and projects can can connect with each other especially if you are reaching out uh to to and projects you are not uh, um, connected with before, like some kind of cold message or unsolicited message, then of course you need to make sure that your proposal blow it out of the water. And one thing I think we, the speaker yesterday during the workshop, talked about the visual aspect of it. Yes, proposals are supposed to be designed. They are not just. I mean, you can, of course, you guys saw my lemon IO proposal that I dropped on the community help group. So you see that there was no redesign. There. It was just a Google doc, but it was properly structured, properly organized. I, I used bold um, um, fonts for the titles. There's italics. There is um, um, colors on, on, on uh, amounts. Just interesting, interesting ways. You see that I was still able to, to make it very attractive. So this is not just to whip together some, some simple tests on a um, document and you just send it across it's not going to cut it 
you your your presentation is also a part of um the quality for for your proposals so your ability to make it really really cool and you see that this is something that would now require you to have some kind of um, design sense graphic design sense. and of course i believe there are members within the community that will be able to help you on that end and there are tools <laughs> right we're having we're having more people sneaking in here how did you people figure out where we are all right so of course anybody that comes on please you can you can request to speak we are not going to waste so much time because i want to create uh, a podcast to this effect this is something that is very very important and quite extensive and we want to be able to impute um um other resources to the voice um, and messages to all of this so that people can actually see that's why i dropped those things i dropped on the community so that after listening you might still be stuck on exactly what to do right but when you see some visuals it prompts you and you start getting getting a flow of idea right so let's just go straight into this right when because yesterday you see this is just an extension of yesterday to a large extent right yesterday we saw uh, our guest speaker talking about proposals right and now i'm going to now go to a specific kind of proposal business proposals this is something that at this point where all of you are let me see good marshall os beauty vistaco um scribblings i for all four of you you can actually do this this is something that you can do at this moment right and one thing you should know about proposals is this someone that might ordinarily not have responded to you someone that might not have engaged with you say you submitted a cv or resume or something like that or you try to hit them up on dm or something and they're able to uh they um, get that message proposals can open doors that the other um, avenues would not because it is a much more formal and uh official kind of content and document that that garners the kind of respect that uh, would, would certainly get you a response so your ability to do very very good ones very very beautiful um well-designed proposals can go a long way in helping you snag deals that you'll not be able to you know get in the first place in fact it can compensate for um certain lack in communication skills Right? If you are not the person that is very, very good with communication, how to chat on DM and all of that, how to follow up, when you're able to whip up a very, very good proposal, it can really cover for those inadequacies. So I think this is something that we are going to do a whole lot of. Yeah, I'm very sorry about that. I don't know. This is the same thing. Um, the, the glitches on Twitter is just getting too much. Perhaps we'd have to find an alternative place to... To start holding our meetings until um, this whole issues on Twitter is resolved, I will believe that scribblings will be able to whip together the two spaces, right? I hope this one does not um, truncate. So I'll just go straight into this, right? Um, the first point on writing business proposals is the title page. You have to have the cover page, and it's very, very important. Then the executive summary, where you explain your why. All of these things that I'm saying, I am going to uh, send, of course, you guys, like I already said, all of these things are also going to be deployed on the newsletter. So, of course, anybody can eventually go back and review all of them, get the ideas that are also embedded in each of them, plus other um, sections within the newsletter. So, I think that's something that would would need to start deploying as soon as possible. But let me get you scribblings on as um, a co-host so that you can... You can help other people 
as soon as they come in. Then I will just jump straight into details of this. We will be done very soon, please. All right, Scribblings, you are now a co-host. And uh, OS Beauty, you can, you can now talk. All right, give me a moment. Yes. Okay. So I, I think I mentioned executive summary explaining your why, then you state the problem or the need of your client of the business. Solution because that's why it's called a proposal. You are proposing a solution to a problem. So that's why you talk about the problem first to show that you have deep insight about the choice of your prospects or your leads. Uh, the, the challenges they have, then you propose your solution, you share your qualifications, why you, what have you done before, what experience do you have to be the best person to solve this problem, and all of that. Then perhaps you talk about pricing options, uh, things like that. I mean, uh, then you summarize. So all of these things that I mentioned now, I think I'm going to drop snippets of uh, content on some of them on the community help group tonight. So I'm going to post them there, but of course you expect to see more of such on, on the newsletter when that is live. So now let's just go straight into this. I think I've run through practically everything on that note. If you guys cannot hear me, that's why scribblings, please, you can update me if you are having challenges listening to um, getting what I'm saying, please just tell me, but I'm going to just run through this like really, really fast, right? So you start a new business, all of you here, you have your brands. You are a business in yourself right now. So you start a new business, you are trying to expand, grow your Twitter handle, um, as, um, increase your skills, connect with other persons, and you are making progress. But you know, you know you, you can do something better. You know there's so much more to be done. You know that the direction you are going is not exactly in the direction of money yet. And you want to start doing the right things that would, you know, quickly facilitate you being able to directly connect with prospects, with gigs in a way that the relationship is strictly based on uh, uh, economic exchange, right? Exchanging your value or sharing your value with someone that needs it and getting money in return. So what are you going to do, right? Where do you see all of these people? Because you and I know, listening to me now, that there's a whole world of untapped potential around you. You know that there are people that are going to be able to benefit from your skills, people that will be able to benefit from your service, right? But how do you get to meet them? How do you get to know them? How do they get to know you and all of these things? That's some of the things we are going to be talking about tonight. Now, for some of you here that you are not too confident on your skills yet, right? Or better yet, you probably feel you don't have any very relevant digital skill. And I mean, it's going to be quite difficult to monetize nothing. Right. That's why I also recommend having a product, a digital product. I will I will push for community members to write ebooks. Just figure out anything that you feel so passionate about. That is the essence. You don't have to know it too well. Just find something you feel so passionate about and go and make research. Try and bring a different perspective to it and whip it up, getting yourself a song that have knowledge, that has um, skills that can solve problems that have solutions. So, the, you were off for a while, sir. Oh wow! But you guys can hear me now, right? Yes, yes. I'm glad the, yes. the whole thing is being recorded, so I bet uh, um, people can easily go back to it. So, but then once you've gotten, I'm always going to say this: you must optimize your handle. You must make sure that your handle communicates who you are. Then you must make sure that you are posting consistently on that particular thing 
that kind of thing that you want to offer, you cannot be giving someone some other offer, then they want to do this and that for their business, and they come to your handle and you're talking about some other thing. So you have to make sure that, so sometimes if you want to execute on what we're talking about now, you may decide to go to your handle and scroll through and just get a general feel of what your Twitter handle is. What kind of things have you been posting or retweeting? If it was not your handle and you were the one looking at it like from a third party perspective, what would you think about the person? Would you see the person as a professional? Or if you have to summarize, just send your handle to somebody and tell them to go through it and tell you what they think. Perhaps they shouldn't know that it's you. Just say, okay, you want someone to review this particular handle and tell you what, what they think about the handle, the service, or the value that the person is providing, if they have to guess based on the content. So that is a good way to get interesting feedback and it will allow you to know the kind of offers, the kind of um, 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 proposals that you are potentially more viable, um, more likely to, to send and get um, positive feedback. Right, so that's where business proposals really come. Once you've understood what your offering is, you've understood your um, um what people would perceive when they see your content, when they see your handle and your account, based on how you've been working on it, based on what you've been doing, based on the kind of stuff you've been engaging with. Then that's where business proposals come in. They are the bridge that connects you with potential clients. Business proposals is they, they bridge the gap between you and potential clients and let them know that you are in for business, you are valuable for business. So it's not for you to go and be hitting people up if you have a job or I'm open for business or something. No. Know what you are, know who you are, know what you can do and write a proposal. You can write a proposal down. You may not need to have somebody in mind. You can create a general statement proposal that you can start repurposing depending on the person that you want to be sending because your offer is almost always going to remain the same. It's going to be in the area of what you are building your brand on. So you can have a general proposal down, but you should know that when you start sending out proposals to people, you are supposed to tailor that proposal based on that specific um, 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 lead that you are reaching out to. Proposals are not like uh, DMs that you can do 10 in a day. You have to take the time to truly understand whoever you are sending that proposal to, to understand their quirks, their their yeah, especially um, um, personal interests, things that they, they do aside of work, and you leverage on all of those things, you know, to show to make your, your proposal a little bit more personal. That's a very good thing to do. So a solid proposal can outline your value proposition and persuade a brand or a content creator or a company or an organization to do business with you. Doing business is how you make money as an entrepreneur. So you want um, 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 brands to be able to do business with you. And that's why you need to know how to do proposals. So this is not a matter of whether you have good writing skills or not. Understanding the different um, templates, the different outlines, the different points within the outline of a proposal, you can create them little at a time. You can leverage on um, relevant tools to, to build your, your proposal one section at a time. And eventually you merge the whole thing up. You give it to, you can, Position it within the community and get feedback, get people to review it for typographic errors or something like that. The ones that is well done, you cannot decide to engage a graphic designer to be able to present. You see somebody from within our community um, got a gig, a small gig of I think about 10,000 naira or so, where they came up with a video. So you can complete the content, a graphic designer will be able to put it up as a PDF, well designed and beautified with colors and everything. Then you can talk to a video um, person, they'll be able to whip it up into some kind of video. And once you have all of that, that video, you pin it on your Twitter and your pitch deck 
the PDF, right? It's already available and handy. There's really a matter of looking at for prospective um, uh, clients, people that will potentially be interested or might be interested in that kind of a thing, and you start engaging with them. So in the process of engaging with them, you can very readily, in fact, they already seen your proposal because right on your pinned post, there's a video that is showcasing what you can already do, but you have a special proposal when that is necessary that you can just simply send across to them. Say, oh, wow, they already know that you do this and you're not creating a custom proposal for them. That's already a win-win, especially if you've been engaging with them and they might want to check you out, right? And one interesting thing about proposals is this. When you are doing proposals, if the person is interested and they want to work with you, they have to pay. There's an upfront payment. So you see that even before you're able to execute, you do anything, you're able to get some, a little bit of money. You can decide to say, okay, um, for a start, um, before I begin um, executing um, whatever it is your offer is, right? I'll need to get 40%, 50, 60% upfront, right? Um, um, it depends, just something like that. I think one of the um, um, visuals that I sent to the community help group, you will see something like that there and it will give you better insight on what we are saying. But of course, we are going to explain all of that a little bit further. So now let's go to those points that um, I already mentioned earlier. But don't forget there are two types of business proposals I mentioned, a solicited and unsolicited. Unsolicited, you just approach the customer, anybody that you feel they might need, maybe based on something they said or based on what their brand is or based on specific challenges that you personally noticed within their brand. For example, there are so many uh, Twitter spaces these days that is being recorded and they're not being archived, all right? When you archive, like our archive partner now, getting um, uh, our Twitter spaces with him and he archives it allows our content to now be visible on the open web, which means maybe by searching for Camp Gaiad, you were able to see our Twitter spaces that is already uploaded on his archive. But if it's just here on Twitter, it will not, it will not reflect on um, search engines readily. You see? So, so many people right now do Twitter spaces very regularly, but they don't know anything about archiving. They just do it and move on and stuff. You can decide, and it's being recorded. You can decide to extract those recordings. Don't tell them find it's not just one archive there are so many archive partners and all of these things mostly are free right find one good archive partner and start whipping all of those things up and start creating them maybe you curate about 10 of their recordings and upload them so that they will see the advantages you are the one to create a description for it so you use relevant keywords and you tell them that they should just simply go and um, google this and this and this you see, so you are already for your proposal. You say you've been working with your stuff, trying to see how well it works and you've been following their content. In fact, that you already started archiving most of them and trying to optimize it for the open web to create more visibility for them. You see that what I'm saying now is already an offer that you can get paid for. And at the end, you might not necessarily be doing anything special. It's simply a matter of carrying the link, having a relationship with the archive manager, and that's just it. And you can get paid for it, you see? So these are some of the things. So once you are able to do something like that, you can easily just reach out to a, a creator unsolicited. They didn't ask for it. And just tell them, show them what you've been able to do. Show them, tell them the advantage that it's probably hard for, have for their brand. Tell them that if they set up a website now, they can connect all of these things to it. And um, they get more visibility for it. They can get this voice audio content repurposed and 
created into blog posts or um, um, content like that, and they will be embedded on their website. And this whole thing will create a general. This is a very legitimate offer that so many audio content creators will take huge advantage of if you do it. But you have to just be able to whip up a proper proposal and execute something very interesting. So it is that um, working with their content for a while that will not stand as a sample because you have already shown them what you want to do for them. It's really a matter of continuing. So if you show them and you ask them, that, okay, you want to continue with this, this is what it is, this advantage and all of that stuff, what, uh, and, and you, you want them to, to partner with you on that and you handle it. Right, you don't mind getting um, payment of this. This you talk about all of that payment and stuff is still going to be in within your proposal. So that is where the negotiation comes in. They might tell you, okay, let's do it like this, let's do it like that, or maybe they say no. They could say no, and that's fine. But why is it fine? Because you are doing the same thing for at least five to ten different creators. All of them cannot say that's fine. Some of them might decide to just compensate you, appreciate you for that one you already did. 10 different things and you're already showing them the advantages of all of that. So they might decide to compensate. So you see that you do something like this. It can take you one week because you can do it simultaneously for different people. You don't tell them you are doing it on the back end. And at the end of the day, you reach out to them. You tell them if they want that part uh, continuation of that part uh, partnership and for you to start bringing up extra content, um, uh, extracting content, maybe using it to create visuals, interesting visuals that they can, you know, and um, repost on other platforms that you like to work with them on that because you appreciate their content. This is already something that so many people agree to. If you put it up in a proposal and send that proposal to 10 different persons, there is absolutely no way, if your proposal is good enough, there's absolutely no way one or two of them would not say yes. And that simply means that you can start making money just this month. You can start making money this month with what we just talked about now. Then there is the solicited business proposals. You need to know platforms where people solicit for business proposals. Even government does that. Like federal government of Nigeria, several countries, most countries, they, that's how contractors get gigs. So you can, you can go and look for their RFPs, requests for proposals. That's what the um, RFPs, right? Requests for proposals. And you see what the, um, the, the problem is and what they really need. And you now come and talk about your strategies to execute on it and what you need to execute on it. And I think I'm going to share a couple of platforms that you can, but unfortunately they are not web three. Okay, maybe I've not checked. I've not checked for, and that is another thing. If you see that something is obtainable in maybe web two or in real life, and there's not a variation of it in web three, that could be something that you need to do. You could do. You could decide that, okay, that's what you really want to work on. And that's just it. With um, Mr. Abims, you see, he he talked about uh, how he came about the whole approach of reaching out for that hackathon where he eventually successfully got um, something out of, right? So you see that the problems are always already there. If you identify a problem that you can provide a solution for, or if you identify a solution that can solve certain kind of problems, it's really a matter of finding people that can do it. And if you simply start reaching them on DM, hello, can you do this, can you do that? You might not get the best kind of response. They might not respond at all. But when you take it a notch and learn how to create very wonderful proposals and you do that, you'll be able to get, first of all, you're a bit more professional then and you'll be able to get better feedback. So that's something all of you need to take very good note of, all right? So moving on, we talked about um, unsolicited, which is really what, what I'm, I'm a big fan of. Then for the solicited, please, someone should remind me that I'll go and look for um, 
um, RFA platforms for Web3. I don't think there's anything like that. But even if not, we can look at Web2 alternatives and people will see how it looks like. And if you feel that's something that you want to work on or you want to even approach some of those gigs and see if you can get um, um, the opportunity there, that would be something nice. Also, if you go on job boards, that maybe normally they would ask you for CVs and all of that. Just go on job boards like um, Pro Blogger, Pro Blogger job board, and a bunch of other ones. Um, you will see um, gigs, requests for gigs. So, of course, the standard there is that you are supposed to now maybe submit your CV and do, do all of that stuff. But the fun, good thing about that is, there's a way you can contact them. You see their contact details. You see details about the company. You see the problems, what they need. So you can already see, you can already tell what they need because they simply came to make an announcement that they are looking for social kind of person to do social kind of things. So you already see where their problem is. If you go and make better research, you might decide to send a proposal. So when other people are sending CVs or sending all of that stuff, you are the one that just sent a direct proposal to their mail. They might not know that you got that information from their um, publication on a job board. They might think and they will say that, oh, wow, this is exactly what we are looking for. This person just sent a proposal to that effect. They would probably disregard all the people sending CVs because people, most people don't send proposals. Especially if the proposal is like kick-ass proposal. It's like really, really dope. All right? So what is a, a business proposal? A business proposal is a formal document, you know, that is created by, by you that you are going to create, you know, and you provide it to a prospect to secure a business agreement. You know, most people think that business proposals and business plans are the same thing. They are not, right? A proposal, you aim to sell your service. When you, you write a proposal, say one of you right now, write a proposal to Camp Gaiad. You are trying to sell your service for Camp Gaiad, to help Camp Gaiad to solve a problem. But, I mean, a business plan is essentially you launching your own company and expecting people to patronize you right the ideology behind a company that you said so they are very very different things but in any case since we've already listed that about um 10 10 um, um outlines that you're supposed to find or you're supposed to get in within a, a proposal i think we'll just go into slight detail about it we will obviously not have enough time i think we just have about 20 minutes left we don't have enough time to go through each of them in details Right, but I will just I will just get in on some of the most important ones, like the title page. You have to convey some basic that title page needs to be the most attractive because if it's a PDF, there's going to be um, a snippet, some kind of preview, right? So your ability to capture some very interesting colors, some very interesting fonts, uh, and words that is like really, really attractive that will allow people to want to tap it up and open and see what this whole thing is about. It's very important for that cover page. So if you are very, very great at your cover page, you'll be able to get good um, open rates. So now it's no longer a matter of what your offers are. If you send a proposal that no one opens, it doesn't matter what your offer is. And it is that your cover page that would stimulate people to open it as quickly as possible. So what is supposed to be on your cover page? Your, your cover page. I think I, jumped a I dropped a bunch of cover pages and we're going to talk more about them later in the community help group. Right, but I jumped, dropped a, a bunch of them, cover pages on the group. So you guys can, can check a bunch of them. And please go online, make more research. You will see there are like so many of them. There are um, business and proposal templates that you can just fill out and it's generated. I believe there should be AI tools that even help you generate some of all these things. And I think uh, 
each member of Kangaya should have a proposal written down. So um, I'm going to be expecting, of course, we can take questions. I'll create some um, new proposals um, over the week. Then we can leverage on all of those ones for members to not be able to see some of the key things they need to look at and do their own. Uh, I think that would be very, very helpful. So, but of course, some important things, your self, your business, your company name, the date you are submitting the proposal, the name of the client. Some of these things, if, of course, you, can, you guys can see it on the designs there, right? So some of these things are something that's supposed to be there right you should you should ensure that your title page reconcile engagement with professionalism i know that what i just said now sounds so complex most people will not even know the meaning of what i just said but so what that means is this like i already said your cover page is the tone setter it's what's in your cover page that will determine the kind of colors that you are going to use on the other pages it's going to determine a lot of things so if your cover page is too shouty it's some of all of these things if your cover page does not adhere to color and an and attractive color psychology you will not be able to it's going to carry through through the entire proposal because of course you cannot be having a workhouse cover page and the um the other pages or the other um sections within the the proposal is not very very good so it's not going to work that way so understand that you need to make sure that your 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 proposal is slick is pleasing appealing aesthetically it's it's interesting it's not just <laughs> looking like copy and paste it's not just looking like something that you ripped out of somewhere it needs to it needs to convey you you know you cannot customize your cv too much there are so much so many people frown at that but with proposal you have the ability especially if you are in the visual aspect let's say you are promising some kind of uh um, digital you know marketing or 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 even copywriting really even uh um in design services for example you need to make sure that your your proposal is like a sample in itself not just the content of the proposal but the structure of the proposal the design of the proposal should be a sample in itself to the quality of what you are going to to generate it doesn't mean you are creating proposals for the company or whatever the, the leads that you are reaching out to it means that you are paying attention to the quality of what you send out and those people are expecting quality in return these are some of the things that potential um um and partners think about they pay attention to it right so let's hop on to the next one right table of contents this is something that you don't see in cvs but in in proposals you have to have a table of content because as soon as they flip um the the cover page of course it's going to be a pdf so they scroll down the next thing they should be able to see some of the key things already know how long how many pages so that i'm trying to make your proposals not very long it should be to a large extent, especially if it's um, unsolicited, it should be under 10 pages. So probably each page, it should look like um, um, a presentation to a large extent, like um, a PowerPoint presentation. So you are just highlighting the most important things, the key things, the ones, the punchlines. So everything should be a punchline in your proposal. When they want to talk, in fact, make it as punchy as possible and tell them, in fact, in your proposal, tell them that you are willing to elaborate on a conversation if they want to know more about any aspect of this or your deployment and um, procedures so something like making telling them that already you can add it as um, a small print 
and steric it, it italicize it and take it somewhere at the bottom that you are very very willing to hop on a call to talk about this particular section because something that is very very you know exciting and you believe that they'll find it interesting so when you start making things like that you are stimulating um, and pushing them to engage you are pushing them to make a move to say okay let's hop on a call so that you tell me about this or tell me about the result you can say this particular maybe in your offers or for your from your strategy deployment strategy you tell them that when you worked this is something you can actually do on, on small print that this particular point has been able to help a a, a, a similar business to generate 200 percent uh, uh uh more engagement in in 30 days for example something like that and you are willing to um work it on their project to see how well they can replicate that or you have suggestions you can tell them you have suggestions for improvement and you are willing to hop on a call to now make all of that that all of that is for free say if they decide after listening to you if they decide that they want to work with you on that that you willing. so you see things like that table of content should just showcase that each page is just a thing itself if one section has to um, um get into two pages it's just going to reflect there. So you make it quite punchy. That's one thing I need to say, right? Then the next one that is really, really important because the cover page, most people don't spend so much. The cover page does not contain a lot of things. You just look at it. You've gotten the basic idea of who is reaching out to you, what they are reaching out to you for, and what's, you know, what it is about, how it how it relates to you, why, why it is you that they are reaching out to with that offer. So that's it. You open and you see the cover um, table of content. You are seeing what the whole thing is basically about, different sections. The next main thing that the lead is going to spend some time to look at is going to be your executive summary. So that is why it is the, basically it is the first page. It's almost like the first real page, right? The executive summary details exactly why you are sending the proposal and why your solution is the best for that prospective client. Specificity is the key. It has to be specific. It has to be every single sentence has to be punchy why are you the best option for them what is the problem that they are facing so you see that almost all the key sections of your um, proposal outline might be represented on this executive summary so that even if they just read that executive summary if they decide not to read any other thing they've gotten the most important information that they need to get so once they've read that summary if that person proceeds beyond reading that summary, you know that they're interested in what you have to say because you've said everything you need to say, right? So the next sections is just um, um, buttressing what you've already talked about, expressing more, sharing more information about the different things that you've already talked about on that executive summary. So how does your executive summary look like? What kind of things can you potentially see on that executive summary? I think I'm going to share uh, an image on the community help group in, if you just give me one minute oh, yes one minute and i'm going to post it on the community help group now i don't know if i already posted that one before but this is what uh the executive summary is supposed to look like for example right of course it doesn't have to be that and sometimes i feel so wary sharing specific examples because people just start pleasure um, plagiarizing it and it's just so so frustrating right you it should be a guide you don't have to do yours exactly exact like that but this is an example of an executive summary this proposal outlines a plan let's say this is for um um you know a photography uh, brand or something right this proposal outlines a plan to photograph the 
this comp um, a competition, you can call any competition, let's say the Kamgayat competition for Tridents. We will provide you with beautiful photos of your event that are cohesive with the Kamgayat brand. While our competitors photograph events across various industries, we do it specifically for Web3 education companies and uh, platforms, and our robust portfolio uh, uh, of work in these areas is what set us apart because we focus directly on the particular market segment of our pros uh, prospective clients. And because of that, we've been able to get much more successful return. You see something like that is specific, is direct to the point. I've posted it on the community help group, so anybody can hop on the help group and you guys will see it there. I think I've, I've already posted this before, but just for the sake of saying. So you see that when you're able to come up with great um, 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 key statement, executive statement summary like that right at the beginning, you have already captured the most, right? The person steps on, but when you start seeing things like vague offers, vague promises that you are not specifically saying what you did or what you've done before, you are just like, we will, we will create beautiful designs that will uh, 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 attract more clients. Those, those are not specifics. That's not, you, you come and tell me that I probably will not engage you. So you see that you have to lean on your actual experience. You have to lean on your actual competency. So that's why you need to find something that you really know. That is where you develop your offers from. I think I would recommend that for those of you that might have forgotten or that you not join the AMA where we talked about making offers, please go back and listen to them. We have just um, nine minutes left and I don't have so much time to talk about all of this, but I'm going to just uh, put it up. Like I said, I'm going to send details about some of all these sections and I'll drop them on the community here. It's going to be there tonight. So let me just take the last few, these 10 minutes to take any questions if necessary. Um, uh, I have something I wanted to talk about, but we don't have so much time and I don't want to overextend. So please, if there's any question, Let's take it before before I wrap up. Thank you very much. Let me hear from OS Digitals. Yes, you are a graphic designer, and I'm I'm really interested to to hear from you in that regard because I'm sure you are the one that will design one of the proposals that I will develop. So we see how well you can do it. So yes, OS Digitals. What do you have to say? Hey guys, good evening. Yeah, good evening. Thank you for everything you have done, uh, everything you have said. I really got a lot, a lot of lessons from this. Uh, about uh, making proposals, must it be uh, with? Can you make it all with designs, or you have a part you write it and a part you just um, make a design with? Well, um, at the end of the day, you want the results. You want something that people will find attractive. So I think experimentation missing it up it matters it counts and more importantly it depends on who you are sending to there's a reason i sent uh, for those of you that had the time to go through the lemon lemon io uh um, and prop that i dropped on the community help group you see it's quite simplistic right the reason it was that simplistic was because of the nature of the brand if you can um create your proposal mirroring 
the brand that you are proposing to. For example, mirroring their brand colors, replicating all of that thing and making it look like, assuming they have a website, for example, and you try. So this whole thing is about creativity. There's no hard or fast rule about how to do proposals, whether some part need to be writing. You can do video proposals. I mean, you just want to stand out. That's the important thing. There is no real rule. I think when you're talking about the rules, it has to do with the content, what you are putting inside of the proposal. And the reason why those are rules is because there are some basic information that if you want to propose a business, you want us to partner up or you want us to work together, there are some things you want to tell me. You want to tell me what the solution is, what you think the problem is. How well do you know me? Why do you think I want to listen to you? So I think these are some basic things. That's why they are probably rules. But in terms of exploring um, the approach, the design, the the complexity, I think it's greatly dependent on you and your capacity. All right. So I think I dropped two different um, proposals. One of them was um, Rift Extended Reality and um, Ted Web um, uh, Collaboration Proposal, right? That was strictly designed or true from the beginning to the end. While Lemon IO was on a Google Doc was probably not very, very designed like that. But in all, they're both effective. You can see that the quality is is almost equal but the approach design the look they're just nothing alike yet they 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 they, they both satisfied their 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 the, the the reason why we created them so you see that it's not really about the design so you can especially when you're starting out like this you can what i will always suggest is to go and look at dozens and dozens and dozens of proposals even if it's proposal templates or something just make sure you are looking at so many of them if you hop on canva you see some proposals there. In fact, you can use Canva to create proposals. So the template is already there, different designs. I'm going to drop a link to um, Canva proposals so you guys can just hop through and you will see so many of them and you can just start filling in your details uh, and you create your proposal straight from Canva. So it's not, the structure is already there, the, the most important thing is already there. So you'll be able to see so many designs and you start understanding how you can apply designs to proposal. I think that would be a great thing. Then you can now start creating custom ones. Does that answer your question? Thank you very much. <laughs> I did not even wait for you to answer. Does, does that answer your question, sir? <laughs> Thank you so much, sir. Thank you so much. All right. I will be, so please remind me so that I will drop a link. So at anybody that just tapped the link, it will take them directly to proposals on Canva and you will see like dozens and dozens of different proposals templates. And I think that's something that would be very, very helpful. So yes, this 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 your web three name bar. I don't know what you can't you see how nice Scribbling's name is? OS Digitals, OS Beauty, OS Marshall. Echo S is also unique, it's nice. But this is your own. I can't even see the whole thing. I think that's one thing you people need to think about. The whole thing, it should be um, a little bit completely dead. That's why you don't need to have a very, very long name. Because if I was giving out giveaway and I want to select people, now I won't select you just because your name is so difficult for me to pronounce. And you see, you miss out opportunities like that. So, but then, this tech, uh, this tech what? This tech code. Yes, you raise your hand, please. When you hop on, unmute yourself and pronounce your name for us first before you, you ask your question. It's Visteco. Visteco. Did you hear me? Right. Yes. Visteco. All right. Yes. Let's, let's call it Visteco. Right. What do you have to say or ask? Okay. Let me greet first. Good evening, everyone. I appreciate the enlightenment I received. However, my question is a little bit general. Um, I want to know 
are there still some skills yet to be migrated into Web3? That is a very, very interesting question. And uh, the answer would be yes. The answer would be yes. I wouldn't think that skill sets, that the general skill set, especially even in tech or in education, in um, charity, in business management, I wouldn't think that all skill sets have successfully been implemented in Web3, right? So uh, I might not be able to, from the top of my heart, think of anyone, but that's just the point, right? The truth is, Web3 is still evolving, and there are so many skill sets that would be unique to Web3. It could be an iteration of something that exists in Web2, but not um, applicable or not obtainable in Web2 in that manner. So it has to be evolved. It has to be approached in a different way. So you see that by the time it applies on Web3, it looks like something entirely different. But having an understanding of the derivative on Web2 will allow you to get that skill or learn that skill a little bit faster. So because of the the this the pattern because of how web3 is fashioned there are there are some skills that might not even work there right take for example skills that that is based on um, authoritarianism right would not really work uh, the leadership of web3 leadership skills in web3 is absolutely different communication skills in web3 community management or employees and um, um, team management skills of Web3 is absolutely different from that of Web2. So you see that even if you are a very great team manager on Web2, where you are, you know, it, you have to be a leader in, in the terms of Web2, you, you'd be, you know, sharing tasks, telling people what to do, reviewing their outputs, you know, giving them critics and uh, criticism and you know, correcting them and working together towards the goal of whatever that company is. On Web3, it's no longer like that. It's very, very collaborative. So you see someone that is probably an excellent manager in Web2, the person hop on Web3 and they are, you can carry that energy of coming to tell me what to do in Web3 and you think that many people will listen to you. So you see that it might not require something that feels like a different skill. But at the end of the day, the outcome is the same thing, managing people. But because of the fundamental differences of Web 2 and Web 3, it totally feels like different skills. So I think there are so many skills that might not have been successfully implemented or onboarded or replicated on Web 3. And in that case, I would say yes to your question. I, I don't know if that answers. Okay, yes, I get it. So I'm thinking, are there still skills, even based on graphic design, that are rare? That is one. Then two. There are some other things that are done on Web2. For example, people that, um, let's say, they, they entertain people by maybe posting football results, things like that. That's one. Some other people do things like education, maybe teaching people, like those people who set up videos or who have websites where they teach people certain things. Can that not also be, or how can someone do something like that in Web3? Okay, yes. Um, you know, for every particular skill category, let's say design, there are different um, difficulty levels. For example, creating flyers and logos and creating infographics, you would say that creating infographics is more difficult, right? And the truth is, the more difficult um, a skill, a particular skill segment is, the less people they are there. So if you want to find areas where let's say 
that is not very saturated. <laughs> you have to think about things that are a little bit complex or things that have huge relevance for the operational management of brands, especially large brands, right? You need to know how big companies that have multiple employees, let's say a company that has a team of designers rather than a single graphic designer, you need to understand how they are, they are coordinated. You need to understand how, uh, how the different competence is, is applied and correlated with each other. Because sometimes, for example, some people are good with creating SVGs and pixelated designs, right? But they are not very good with implementing color psychology on the content, the test that is associated with them. So they might need to do their parts, just creating things that look like, like think about it like in terms of transparent um, images, SVG files or something, right? They create those ones, then the, the, the person that's going to create, let's say an infographic, assuming it's being implemented on an infographics, the person that wants to now create infographics will now go and you know, export those custom-made um, SVG files and implement them on the infographics, right? So you see that there are ways where um, um, individuals, even still within the same skill segment, can collaborate. And all of these things are probably much more obtainable in larger projects, right? So uh, I would say, if, if you want to get more bulk for your skill, or if you want to find areas of scarcity in terms of um, 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 personnel saturation, you have to look at it from the context of the complexity of the skill. The more difficult it is to do that particular thing, the less food will be there. All right, I think um, that is, what is your second question? Sorry, I missed it and I, I felt it was a very, very important question. I wanted to really answer it, but I just forgot about it now. Can you, can you refresh me, please? Okay. Uh, okay. No, no, no. I got. I remember now. Okay, Thank you. Okay. <laughs> I remember now. You were talking about. Um, you mentioned how you know um, in Web two. Yes, there are there are people that use um, maybe I think they call them punters, right? Talking about sports odds and all of. It. Yes, yes. These things are very. See, any the truth is anything that is obtainable in Web two can be done in Web three. Web three is not a new thing in terms of um, skill deployment. What Web3 is, is a new approach in organizational management, in, in how projects are managed, who is the leader, who is the top, who coordinates stuff, how are things um, um, organized. In Web2, there is some kind of organogram. There's a top, there is middle level, there are food soldiers, you know, things like that. There are consultant, external consultant and things. On Web3, it's just community. So to a large extent, everybody is on equal footing. So you rise or you become more relevant within the organization, a Web3 organization, by the value, the quality of what, let's say, for example, now, here within Camp Gaiad, we have so many graphic designers, right? But we have graphic designers that are much more relevant to our community than others. And it is not based on who does the better job. So you could be the best graphic designer, but if you are not the best collaborator, you will not rise within that ecosystem. So you see that this is the fundamental difference within Web3. So if you want to now, you know, let's say transition a Web2 um, business or service to Web3, you have to think about how you can, how that organizational structure can be implemented in a decentralized way. That's just what it is. And it will require you to do some thinking. 
I wouldn't say if let's say if you are a, um um you are interested in soccer, you want to be giving life scores. I mean, why do why do I need to go on Web three to do it? It's not it's not necessary. I would say, but unless you have um, a unique approach that brings um, extra value to that whole thing. Otherwise, if I want to know life scores, I will go on life scores and check it. If I want to bet, I will. I will bet. I mean, what, because the at the end of the day, the point is to stake money and collect reward. It's a very direct thing. Web three focuses more on organizational and um, organization. So, unless you, you want to say. That's not what I want to do. I don't know. Maybe we need to put some thoughts to that. But if, let's say, you are creating a betting platform and you want to optimize it for Web3, how exactly is that going to work? Because at the end of the day, people need to stake. So unless there's a set of people that is not the 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 decentralized... You see, the moment you start saying things like decentralized leadership, it's no longer Web3. You see, so there are some things that might not be compatible because their structure in itself is already something that is evolved, that's that is possible because of Web2. So it's there are some things that is only going to be possible on Web3 because the moment if you try to tone them down to use them for Web2, it becomes something else. You see, so I think, <laughs> I don't know if that, that answers your question, but the truth is yeah. Web3 is still evolving, right? There are new things that will keep coming up. There are some things that will be changing. So many things that we think is Web3 three today it's not really web three in the definition the true definition of web three is not web three you see so we 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 keep um we keep that's why we're in the space that's why we keep learning that's why we are monitoring what's going on because we want to be some of the first set of people we are the ones discovering web three as it stands we want to be the first set of people that come up with original ideas original brands original um, um concepts uh, uh that is already optimized for web three and these are things that can potentially go. You see, it's just like like um, um, first mover advantages in cryptocurrencies, right? So once you are there within the space, you see start seeing problems, and once you start seeing problems, you start bringing solutions. That's just it. So Web three is going to come up with its own set of unique problems that will require you to come up with a unique set of solutions that will look like nothing that exists before. And by doing that, it simply means you've created a new Web three niche. And any single one of you here listening to me can create a new Web3 niche. You just have to think about the real problems that people are facing in Web3. And before you can think about the problems that people face in Web3, you need to understand what Web3 is. You see, and that is why we have Camp Guide. All right, thank you very much. I'm sorry, my co-host, we've even, we're even very late. I, I wanted to end this thing by um, um, 9.30, it's now 9.38. So let me allow my co-host, um, Scriblings, to, I think she, she raised her hand earlier. So we'll hear from her, take her questions before we wrap up. Yeah. So good evening, everyone. Earlier, before this the space like was interrupted, you you said you encourage all tridents to have digital products. Now my question is how do we monetize digital products? On what platform do we sell it? And how do we make money from any digital products or ebooks that we make? Thank you. When you create an ebook, message me, I will buy. I think you can start from there. That's just basically what it is. When you have something that people will find valuable, you can start from your Twitter. You can, there are, now I know that this is a Web3 community, but at the end of the day, we are focusing on actual ability to create 
um, um, content, to create product, to execute on services, to optimize your brand. All of these things are things that exist in themselves, whether it's Web3 or not, right? So it doesn't mean that if you create um, a, a, a digital product now, that you must have to figure out Web3 um, um, avenues to deploy them. Not necessarily. There are things like um, um, what now, seller. Um, um, yes, S-E-L-A-R that you can use to sell. You even um, um, pay, what is this? Pay stack, flutter wave, things like that. You can use them to sell digital products and it's it's fully automatic. So there, there are many ways. If you have something that is truly valuable, you can even upload your book on Amazon. I have books on Amazon. It's not very hard. And don't forget, you can request for things like that. You can request for a video on how to upload your book on Amazon and come guide we do it. So... I think that is a way. Get your product ready and um, you cannot talk about how you get it out there. If it's something that is valuable, I believe even our committee members here would purchase. It's a matter of relevance. So you have to create your product to give information or to solve a problem. If you have something that is solving a problem, all you need to do is to say, you can even turn that to your DM campaigns. You can start hitting people up on DMs and saying things like, oh yeah, um, I've been following. No, I don't want to give you a script. <laughs> right, so uh, create, create the, the products and the people that need the products will patronize you. So you have to just generate leads, understand which people would need that product. Then where are you going to find those people? Are there groups? Are there hubs? That this kind of people hang out normally. Then just go there, you know, drop a little bit of copy and show them the link where they can get the full story and that's something like that if it's truly well done and if it's something that is very valuable you know that that's exciting for a set of people they they, they patronize you and that's what it is right does that um answer your question yes it does thank you all right uh so i think <laughs> that will bring us to the end of this very weird uh, ama with our prof <laughs> It's really fun. I, I, I had a great time. And yes, please, every single thing that I said I was going to send links. I think the only thing I can remember now is the Canva link. So any other thing that I said I was going to do, please remind me on the community help group and um, I will I will I'll find them out and send them across. So I think that brings us to the end of this. Scribblings, uh okay, you help us get this on the podcast and please connect it to the previous one. I thank you guys very much. And one, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, all nine of you. Let me take a screenshot. Ah, nobody should leave. Okay, don't, don't miss. Let me take a screenshot. I will um I will send all of you that attended this meeting recharge card. <laughs> all right, so that brings us to the end of this. Uh, please, the recharge card, I, I can do that tomorrow. I'm totally indisposed. I'm still on the road. I'm traveling. I had to park by the roadside <laughs> to, to hold this meeting. So I have to continue my trip. And I still have like two or three hours of journey ahead of me. So you can imagine the commitment that it took me to do this. And uh, I just found somewhere safe. So I'm within the hotel premises, but I still have to go out now. So I might not be able to do it tonight. But if I can, okay, all of you here, send me a dm here on this this is this is obviously also my my twitter one of my twitter handles so send me a dm here i'll go and open the dm if it's not open with your phone number all right send me so if you prefer data you tell me data if you prefer airtime you tell me airtime 
and please anything I send, just manage it like that. All right, that brings us to the end of this. Have a nice day, guys. Take care of us. I would have played music, but I want to zoom off now. So bye bye. <laughs> Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was AMA with L Prof episode 10 on offers and proposals. Recorded on Saturday, March 4th, 2023. For Terraspaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. Now, if you want to keep listening, head on over to terraspaces.org slash donate and show some support now. Put your hands up like you got a couple questions. Ain't no misdirection, just a bunch of flexing. I'll aggressive, insane from all directions. Smoke blows in when I start a session. Plank canvas, blaze up the handlers. Rocking back and forth like I got the van stuck. Don't grind the clutch, mind your hush. Put your mask on and don't touch the antlers. Feeling untouchable when I'm on the verse. But in the universe, I'm just writing some words. Enticing these nerds while I'm laying out my memoirs. Like, remember when I had to fight the centaur? I'm a book nerd, let me take you on the journey Lost in the labyrinth, searching out the lost fern For certain, got the taxes included Acting like a writer, never felt secluded Another fixed game of try my love Go lighten up dog. it could always be worse Unless you're in the back of a hearse Then you're dead or putting in new speakers It's a toss up driver or just tweakers Don't stress yo, I've done the research Living life like a bunch of fucking lemurs It's a remake, off the cutting floor we take A little bit of poison and put it in the cheesecake Tastes great, less filling Less stress, more killing As he blew the cornerstone out the building And the blocks came tumbling down all humble Feels like we're drowning in a little puddle Rebuttal, I should be taking off in the shuttle Getting high in space with the Hubble